This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello there and welcome to an impromptu episode of the Blood Red podcast with me, Joe Rimmer. I'm here today to discuss a brilliant, thrilling win at Anfield last night over PSG. And um, it is a bit of a mini podcast today and not just because James Pierce is here. We've also got tall Paul Gorst joining me to discuss the game. James, we'll start with you. You were there last night. Um, where does that rank alongside great European nights, especially uh, for, for group games? Because um, it, it felt like a just a special night all round, didn't it? Yeah, I think in terms of group games, it has to be absolutely right up there. I think, you know, of course, you have to factor into the the night what was at stake, and it, it was only three points and and getting a, a you know a group campaign off to a winning start. But I thought in terms of the actual performance level, that that was as good as anything Liverpool yeah. produced on en route to, to Kiev last season. I mean, you know, Klopp spoke about it in the build-up. This is a PSG team built to win the Champions League. You think they had four hundred million pounds worth of, of firepower in that three-man front line? It was it was just a massively impressive performance. It, it wasn't it wasn't a backs to the wall job. It wasn't uh, Liverpool weren't lucky. Of course, they made it a lot harder than it should have been um, with with the way in which they relinquished that two-goal lead and then for Firmino to provide the the dramatic finale. But yeah, it would have been an absolute travesty if Liverpool hadn't won that game because they were better than PSG in in all departments. I thought defensively they they, they coped magnificently with with Neymar, Cavani, and Mbappe. The midfield, you know, people beforehand, you know, would have been some people would have been questioning Klopp's wisdom of, of picking the ballot that midfield, but he got it absolutely spot on. I thought to a man, those three in midfield excelled and, and won every battle going. Um, and then the front three, I thought Sturridge was, you know, again, he's not Firmino. He doesn't give you everything that Firmino gives you. Nobody else does. But considering his lack of match action this, this season, for him to come in and perform like that in a game of that intensity was uh, was, was hugely impressive. And, yeah, it was a night that will live long in the memory. As James says, that PSG team built to win a Champions League albeit they are they're a top heavy team but Liverpool just overwhelmed them from the, the minute go didn't they they did yeah and I think it kind of shows the value of the, the work ethic that Klopp's put into his team because mm. you know comparable numbers uh, Mbappe Neymar and Cavani Salah Firmino and Mane basically I think they scored what was it 99 goals each as a, as a front three wasn't it didn't PSG had a hundred yeah. and Liverpool right. ninety nine yeah, since, yeah. yeah. since yeah. the start of last season. So you know similar numbers and Liverpool's front three just work so much harder than, and they set the trap don't they with, with Firmino leading the way and they kind of press a lot better than, and PSG just didn't bother with that at all you know Neymar he kind of flitted in and out and he did that that little piece of skill early on didn't he where he kind of bypassed five players inside the first minute and it was a bit of like oh okay he, he mm. seems like he fancies it but. From then on, he, he didn't really do anything. Every time he got it, he seemed to give it away. And mm. Alexander Arnold and Gomez and Milner just they just did a complete number on him. And um, Liverpool were, were deserved winners. I think three two flattered uh, PSG. And I'm not sure what Thomas Tuchel was talking about after the game when he was talking about it being an illogical scoreline and it wasn't the correct one. I mean, it wasn't the correct one. Liverpool should have won that comfortably three or four. And you know what a team Liverpool are now that the. You know, any kind of idea that last season was a, a one-off and a fluke, well, Liverpool have, have gone a huge way to kind of dispel on that straight away. And as James says, 
in terms of group games, it's it's definitely up there. It's uh, considering it was just a group game, it kind of had that feel of a quarter final or a semi final. It was mm-hmm. just a, a massive result on, on a big night. Mm-hmm. Paul touched upon it there. Um, I was in here last night watching the game and. Steve McManaman, I thought, was going to have a men- uh, nervous breakdown on, <laughs> on commentary. He was going absolute berserk about PSG's work ethic, especially Neymar. Um, so, talking of work ethic, we have to talk about him. James Milner is just just keeps putting in outstanding performances, doesn't he? Yeah. He must be playing the football of his career at the moment, mustn't he? Oh, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, I think. Um, yeah, he's in the, in the form of his life. I thought he was, by far and away, the, the best player on the pitch last mm-hmm. night. And when you think... He didn't let cost Liverpool a penny. Um, you know, he not content with just beating Neymar's assist record in the Champions League last season. He outshone the world's most expensive footballer, and you know, he, he set the tone really. You know, with that crunching tackle early on that left Neymar on his backside close to the halfway line. You know, that not that the, the atmosphere needed much more energising because it was already electric, but that just lifted the decibel levels still further and. Yeah, do you know what? It, the, the way that he gets around the pitch at the age of 32 um, is testament to how well he's led his life and mm-hmm. what a, a model professional he is. Because um, yeah, he's got a lot of, of miles on the clock, but you know he, he's an exceptional athlete. And um, you know, I, I noticed probably about five or six minutes to go, he was kind of touching his toes and and just stretching off. I think a bit of cramp, and I'm not I'm not surprised because you know the stats at the weekend. I think he covered something like eight miles. Of, of ground against Tottenham more than anyone else on the pitch and and yet to put in another shift like that just three days after in a game of, of, of that magnitude just massively impressive and um, yeah Milner outstanding but I'd say Henderson and Wijnaldum mm. not far behind because you know that that midfield area was complete and utter one way one way traffic and that enabled Liverpool to get a grip on proceedings that you know they never really relinquished, and I think you know what what impressed me a lot as well was you wondered whether that goal just before half time, um, you know, one of those rare occasions in the game where Liverpool didn't deal with a cross into the box, whether that would dent their belief a little bit. But you know the the way that they came out again in the second half, and there wasn't even any in any idea or thought about trying to you know sit back and hold on to what they had. They took the game to PSG. And, and Milner, Henderson, when Alden, you know, epitomised that that approach. Talking the midfield, Paul. If I'd asked you in the summer after Liverpool signed Fabinho and Naby Keita for huge fees, who was in trouble? You could have made a case for any of those three, couldn't you? But the, the way they've reacted to that extra competition coming in just underlines what great transfer business the Reds have done in the summer, hasn't it? Oh yeah, most definitely. I think looking at it now, Klopp. Doesn't have a, a first choice midfield, does he? No. He's got at the moment. He's got five who are fit and ready to play, and he's got three to play them in. And he can quite easily swap, swap and change mm-hmm. it, and it doesn't have too much of an impact on the side. I mean, they went to Tottenham with Naby Keita inside and come away with the result. Three days later, he's not in the team, and Liverpool are still managing to beat PSG. And it's it's great, isn't it? It's you know it's it, it's what it's what you want to see competition all over the the, the pitch and midfield's an area that I know. A lot of people have kind of had a bit of a downer on over the last couple of years, but you know the defence was the big one. But now they've they've kind of tightened that up, and then people look at the midfield as not having certain qualities. Uh, but but looking across it now, every player serves a specific function, and uh, it was just incredible to see Milner. Yes, that Milner and Henderson were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wan wasn't far behind them, as James says, and I think it was a big performance for Henderson because I think 
we we've all talked about them so much, haven't we? And we're all fully fledged members of the Henderson fan club. And mm. sometimes we get stick on, on social led, media for, led by Brexit head. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, sometimes we get stick because we are fans of him. We kind of see what he does. Whereas some people don't. But there wasn't a you know he, he couldn't pick fault with that performance from last night. I thought he was immense um, in such a big game as well. And um, Milner's just just keeping Father Time at bay, isn't he? With with the tireless performances every week he's just incredible okay moving on to a different area of the pitch um i was absolutely blown away by both performances from each fullback last night james uh, it's hard to put into words how, how well both robertson and trent alexander arnold playing and that was probably their biggest test up against mbappe and um, neymar how impressed were you by by the two of them last night yeah well i think because they have been just so consistent probably not that surprised that they mm. cope so well with it. I mean, you think back to to May and the performance Trent Alexander-Arnold put in when he had you know, Ronaldo for company in the Champions League mm. final. A game of that stature didn't bother him. He's he's fearless. We, we saw it. We've seen it week in, week out from Robertson. So, you know, I suppose the biggest tribute you can pay them is it wasn't a, a, a great surprise to see them match up so well. Um, I mean, it was a great moment in that second half when I think it was it was Mounier was threatening to to break through. I think it was still two one at the time, and and Robertson, you know, in, embarked on this mad dash yeah, to yeah, to get there ahead of him. Not only get there ahead of him, but then you know managed to get his foot around the ball and 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 find a, a Liverpool shirt. And the cop were chanting his name vociferously. And he's, yeah, Robertson's a, a massive fan's favourite. I think you know, of course he created the goal for for Sturridge as well. He he was he was magnificent, um, you know, with with Mbappe for company. I, mean, I know Mbappe obviously got the equaliser late on, but you know that was through no fault of of Robertson's. You know, he kept him a World Cup winner very quiet. And then on the other flank, you know, another amazing experience for Trent Alexander Arnold. Um, you know, to have to have Neymar for company, but again, did, you know, did everything you'd you'd expect of him, performing with a maturity way way beyond his. Is years and um, yeah, I think you know the keep. It was interesting looking at their ratings mm. today. I think you know they uh, they dished out some plenty of threes and fours for the PSG players. They had Robertson as a seven and Trent Alexander Arnold as the best player on the pitch as an eight. Um, I wouldn't go that far just because I think I thought that yeah, I thought yeah. the midfield was where Liverpool won the game. But um, you know it shows. I think they described. The two, Liverpool's two fullbacks as a kid and a stranger yeah, in terms yeah. of because obviously you know outside of uh, of of the, of of the Premier League they're not neither of them particularly well known but you know they said it, they were they were a phenomena in terms of how they performed and um, yeah I think the, the secret about those two is well and truly out you know Liverpool fans have known for a long time that this team is blessed with two massively gifted fullbacks mm. and. Uh, and obviously, when you when you show it on a night like that, when you've got Neymar and Mbappe flying at you, um, you know that the, their their reputations get enhanced, you know, across the globe. Paul, I'll put something to you. I don't know whether you saw it last night during the game, but Gary Lineker tweeted, um, I think it was midway through the second half. Young Trent Alexander Arnold is special. Can see him playing a hundred games for England. Dot 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 in midfield. Do you think? Can you see that happening? We've we've spoken for a long time about how midfield yeah. is perhaps his long-term position. Um, I don't see why he has to be a midfielder. I don't know why he can't just carry on playing at right back and becoming one of the world's best right backs. That's good. good point. Um, 
he might move into midfield and don't get me wrong, he's got the technical ability and, and the athleticism to, to become a, a really good player in central midfield. But I just wonder whether he might be best served staying as a fullback and, mm. and becoming one of the one of the world's best. What is he nineteen? Yeah. His his rise over the past twelve to eighteen months has just been incredible and it's something that really happens at, at a club the size of Liverpool. Um you can probably count on, on one hand the amount of genuine top players that Liverpool have, have had from, from the local area in the Premier League era. And he's he's gonna be one of them. He already is. He's he's starring in a team that's gone to the Champions League final. He's putting in them kind of performances against players like, like Neymar and Cristiano Ronaldo in the Champions League final and it's just a, a joy to watch him every week. Um so I see no reason why he can't become one of the world's best right backs if he just carries on what he's doing for the next few years. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Okay, we'll move on again. Uh, plenty made of Mohamed Salah last night. He gave the ball away for PSG's equaliser. James, I know you're um, thinking of writing something about him today, but have you got any worries about Mohamed Salah's form? Yeah, worried about his form in mm. general, I think, just because he has started the season so slowly. I think he, I don't know whether it's a confidence issue or, mm. or what, but he, you know, you could see he was he was very, very down when he when he came off last night. I think for the simple reason that he felt he'd like he'd let let the team down. You know, he would have taken that mistake very badly. You know, it was it was a it was a poor misplaced pass that left Liverpool completely exposed a few seconds later. Mbappe equalised, and mm. then to get taken off on the back of that, I think Klopp probably did that because I think he could probably see his his head had gone a little bit. Um, but you know, I think you've got to keep it in context because it was always going to be impossible for Salah to live up to to what he produced last season. And it's a massive positive the fact that Liverpool are still able to play so well and win games without him. I mean, it's not it's not as if he's not making a contribution. You know, mm-hmm. I think we're we're a million miles off having a discussion about whether he still merits a place in the team. Yeah, because definitely. you know Liverpool. You know, are a stronger team even with a below par Salah in. You know, he's things aren't going for him at the moment. But you know, on another night, you know that that goal was obviously disallowed when when Sturridge slid in on, on Ariola, the keeper, and Salah tucked it away. You know, I think I think certainly the assistant didn't see anything wrong. He raced up to the halfway line, and the referee took his time and ended up disallowing that. I think some referees would have given it, and we'd have been talking about. You know how that goal was was great for Salah's confidence. It, things just aren't happening for him at the moment. But you know he's had a lot going on. Whether yeah, yeah. whether it's the stuff with the Egypt FA that's affected him. You know that image image rights business and this stuff about wanting more security, where he's not hassled by fans in the middle of the night. Whether whether that's hurt him or whether it's even a physical thing, where he's still you know building up trust and and strength in his shoulder after. After what happened in in the Champions League final, you know a lot has happened to him in a in a short period of time. Mm. With you know everything was was just everything he touched turned to gold for so long. Then the heartache of Kiev, then a really disappointing World Cup where he played when he clearly wasn't fully fit. Then the issues with the Egypt FA. So um, yeah, it's it's not ideal, but. Um, yeah, it, what what he needs at the moment is people rallying around him. He needs a collective arm around the shoulder um, because you know it, it it will come. You know he's he's too good a player um, to be consistently producing below par performances like we are at the moment. Klopp's big job is to to try and get some belief back into him because he does he just does seem to have taken 
mm. you know, a few bad games quite badly and, and, and almost like that weighing them down a little bit. Paul, do you think it's just a case of him perhaps maybe even trying a bit too hard? Taking one extra touch maybe, trying to score when he should pass? What do you think? Yeah, that's a good point. I think last season he was kind of just doing it on instinct, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, you look at so many of the goals and it's just kind of a little bit of magic in, in the split second and, and, it, and it's a goal and it's just not happening for him for, for whatever reason this season. As James points out, there's, there's several kind of mitigating factors that you can make for him. Um, the whole shoulder injuries surrounding just in the build-up to the World Cup and then having to basically beat Egypt's one and only star man at the World Cup and it, he was injured and just didn't work out for him. And then the whole problem with the national team surrounding it since. So you, you can make a, a few cases for him, but I, I'm not worried long-term, I think. Mm. Um, just persevere, keep doing what he's doing and, and eventually he'll beat a man, kill one into the top corner and all will be right again and we'll be back to seeing the, uh, the Mohamed Salah that we all know. I, I don't think he... He'll get near the, the 44 goals he managed last season, but I, I don't think he, he's going to be. Uh, you're going to see claims of him being a one-hit wonder, or, you know, or a one-season yeah. wonder because he's too good for that. He's, he's genuinely one of the best players in the world, and it's only be a matter of time before we, we see that again. I think. And look, he's not the only one, is he? If you look at Tottenham, Harry Kane, yeah, yeah. Is a tremendous year last year, and has been struggling ever since the, the start of the season. The World Cup can take its toll on players, can't it? Yeah, and undoubtedly, I think. Um, you know the Klopp. It'd be interesting to see how Klopp approaches Saturday now. Mm -hmm. You just, I, 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 th I think this was always going to be the game where he he made more changes. You know, in in terms of, you know, I think it was always going to be a very similar team that played against Tottenham and and then PSG, and then I just, you know, I think those two games, two such intensive contests, both mentally and physically. Mm -hmm. It'd be interesting to see what he does do with Salah now. Does it? Does he think that he would maybe benefit from having a having a rest? Um, or you know, does he you know does he does he put his faith in a Shakiri, or or does he does he back him to just you know, maybe think that he just needs a goal against Southampton, just just to uh, just to get him going again? But yeah, you're right. It's it, it's not a thing just unique to Liverpool. It's it's an issue that a lot of top flight managers are wrestling with. I think you know Pochettino didn't even take Trippier no, to, to Italy, true. did he uh, mm -hmm. this week? And you know felt that he that he's been nowhere near his level. Um, so you know, I think I think sometimes people kind of look for things that aren't even there. I know there was a lot of talk about did Salah even celebrate yeah. Firmino's winning goal, and you know I think there was some footage doing the rounds of him throwing a water bottle, and, and obviously when you actually look at the footage closely, he's got both arms aloft, clearly celebrating um, when when the ball hits the the back of the net. So yeah, this I don't know. There seems to be an agenda in some places that. He's, he's this kind of selfish individual where if, if he's not the main man, he's he's not particularly satisfied. But that doesn't tally with with anything. Who, anyone who knows yeah. him well, uh, how they speak about Mo Salah, he's an incredibly humble, grounded individual um, who always puts the team first. And of course, he wants to contribute. You know, I think he would have been annoyed with himself. He still would have been annoyed with himself in the aftermath of the game, even though Liverpool won, because he will know that Liverpool shouldn't have needed a, a last gasp winner from Firmino to win that game. Because if you know if he'd looked after the ball better five or six minutes before, Liverpool wouldn't have found themselves having uh, relinquished that lead. But um, no, I, I, I still think Salah's too good to, to, be, uh, to be producing performances like he is at the moment for, for too long. 
Okay, one man who might have played himself into contention for um, Saturday's game is Daniel Sturridge. Superb performance last night, Paul. How impressed were you by him? And is there any chance he can force his way into that team? Uh, I, I don't know about long term, but I think he, he's definitely made a claim to possibly start Saturday. Uh, I was amazed. But who were ahead of? I, I think I'd, I'd just retain him and just play him ahead of, of Firmino on Saturday. But I, I was amazed. I mean, I knew, I knew it was his first start in the Champions League for Liverpool when he when he started because um, basically he was injured for most of that 14 season, yeah. wasn't he? Before they went out and. His kind of big European moments have come in the Europa League, but I didn't realise it had been six years since his actual last start in the Champions League. Mm. For a player of his ability, is just that's an incredible statistic, and I, I was shocked by that. But he was in there and he made the most of it. I think everybody knows that he doesn't quite bring what Firmino brings in terms of uh, that pressing from the front and, and setting the trap with Mane and Salah that we we seen you know so often against Tottenham at the weekend. But uh, what he does bring is you know half a chance could be a goal with him and. Andy Robertson's absolutely put it on a, on a plate for him, hasn't he? As Robbie Fowler called it, a buffy ball, and he's just, you know, finished it off six yards out. A buffy no problem. ball or a buffy no. ball? Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Yeah. B- uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Help yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know what you mean. But B- it's just buffy ball. <laughs> buffy ball. A buffet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> buffet. How do we say it? But yeah, he put it right into the six-yard box, didn't he? And he's finished it off. And um, I thought he was good. Um, I think he might have played himself in to contention for Saturday because Liverpool play Chelsea twice next week and Firmino might be needed, certainly be needed for the league game and he might even be called upon for the, the League Cup. So uh, why not give Sturridge a run out? He's clearly uh, he's going to be thriving off that performance. It, it was great to see because yeah, when you think yeah. back to the back end of last season, like most people, I thought in May, you know, that obviously that was it for Sturridge. He'd, he'd leave in the summer. And like you thought, what a sad end to what should have been, mm. could have been, you know, one of the great Liverpool careers. When you think of the way that he started life at Liverpool, the way that he performed with Suarez in 2013-14, you know, to, to to never ever get close to that again, and then for his Liverpool career to end with half a season on loan at West Brom, with them getting beat every week, him being injured, not being able to contribute, getting relegated. You just thought, you know, and, and you know, we were almost talking about where does he go from there? Who, who possibly takes a chance on him? Because no top club would would have would have paid decent money for him. You know, I remember, you know, Liverpool were talking about how they were looking at kind of fifteen million pound for him, and even that you scoffed at for a player with his fitness record and someone who was entering the last year of his contract. Um, and so to see what he's done since then, you know, it is it is brilliant. It's a great it's a great story. Um, and his testament to his his attitude and his you know not wanting to chuck in the towel. I think I think maybe he realised when he was away at West Brom what he actually had at Liverpool and and realised that you know what you know if I do leave there it, I'm only going one way and it and it's down. I think it probably opened his eyes a little bit and he put in a huge amount of hard graft over the summer to get himself fit. And I remember when he walked out of Chester for the first preseason friendly, you were like. Is that storage? Because it was like he just looked like a different man in terms mm. of how lean and strong and and fit he looked, and and then he you know he backed that up with performances mm. in pre season, and I think the big thing last night was I wondered whether just the, the lack of match action he's had might have gone against him because I I felt for him a little bit going into a game that big having I think I jotted it up I think over the first five Premier League games he played twenty one minutes. So you think, despite him having a great pre-season, it was a big ask to get thrown into that. But you know, his touch was good. He linked play well. His movement was 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 decent. You know, stretched PSG's front line. He's never going to 
give you the pressing that that Firmino does, but he did a fantastic job for the team. And you know, it was great to hear Klopp afterwards singing his praises and saying, you know, he's repaid my faith one hundred percent because. You know, you you kind of wondered whether where that relationship was going yeah. a few times over the last few years with you know niggling injuries here and there and and then, you know there was always this feeling that Sturridge was never even when fit was never really the right fit for Klopp, but you know I think he's shown now he can adapt and yeah okay still I think Firmino's understudy but you know that's not a bad place to be. Yeah, we we've heard a lot of times haven't we about Sturridge that he's he's now finally fully fit, but I have to say last night I thought not just. His goal, but his all-round game was very good. He he held the ball up well. He looked strong. He does look, he does look fitter than he has done for a long time, doesn't he, Paul? Yeah, undoubtedly. You know, you've only got to look over the last three years. It might even be four years at this stage, and just tot up the amount of injuries that he's had. And it is great to see him finally, you know, get a prolonged run in not just not the team but the squad. You know, see him on the bench every week and just know that he's an option there and it's not. He's carrying a bit of a knock, and he's only on there to make up the numbers, and he's not going to be called upon because fit and fire, and you know he's a superb option to have, and you know there was no bigger evidence in it than last night when he played against Paris Saint Germain, perennial Champions League heavyweights, and and he's there opening the scoring, and it's great to see, and um, I think he just offers so much more quality than the pool had last season yeah. with with the likes of Dominic Slanky. No disrespect to him, is he? Young striker still learning his trade, but to have someone of Sturridge's calibre in waiting if Firmino ever drops out is just a huge bonus for Jürgen Klopp to have, and, and we've seen it last night. Yeah. All right, we will leave it there. This was meant to be a shorter podcast. <laughs> There's so much to discuss. Um, we'll be back with our regular Blood Red podcast on Friday. Um, I will ask that if you do enjoy our podcasts to review them, to rate them and to subscribe to them um, on Spotify, iTunes or Acast, wherever you do listen to them. If you don't enjoy our podcast, well, one, I'm surprised you got to the end of it and two, don't say anything. Just, yeah, just keep quiet. Yeah, keep quiet. Um, Thanks for listening. Do tune in on Friday and we'll speak to you then. Goodbye. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.